0: Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to Know Your Gear QA number, I think we're 174. Yep, 174. I don't know why I just don't read that before I start this this thing. I put it in the description and then I Like Act like I don't know after I just typed it in there about 10 minutes ago. Uh, But anyways, this is 174 episodes on YouTube of the live show. I think the podcast is at 200 and something. So this is the podcast live show. Uh, For those of you guys newcomers, it's pretty simple. If you're watching the rebroadcast of this, anything we talk about will be timestamped in the description down below. I take the time to put everything we talk about in a timestamp so you can go right to it. And uh, if you're currently live with me right now and you want to ask me a question or start a subject, you can start it with a question mark first lets me know you're talking to me and also you can stream this on spotify uh, Sa- uh was it spotify itunes um iHeartRadio, all the places where you get podcasts links in the description down below i'd like to point out something fun and exciting i think the podcast i think i've said this before has exceeded or surpassed the live show rebroadcasts rebroadcasts uh which is pretty pretty crazy um so Uh, and it exceeded a while ago, but I I think I just mentioned it now. So a lot more of you are consuming it through a podcast as, as a live show. So that means a lot of you, uh, I think I want to tell the story. I don't know if I told you guys, I had this weird experience and it was a while ago, but I was in the grocery, I think I told the story, but I was in the grocery store and I was talking to my wife and some woman went in a fender hat, (laughs) was staring at me. Now this is pre COVID. So I didn't have a mask. We didn't have mask on. And, um, she... She goes, are you are you the guy from Know Your Gear? And I said, yeah. And then I was thinking like, oh, the, you know, from the channel, right? I was like, oh, some person stopping me in the grocery This is weird. And then she's like, ah, uh, that's what you look like. She's like, I thought you looked different. She's like, I listen to your show every week. Thanks. And then she walked away and uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. That was my first time being recognized by a, a voice uh, over a face, which is pr- probably for the best. <laughs> I have a face for podcasts." As they would say. Uh, so today we have a lot of subjects to talk about, uh, but one of the subjects we're going to start with was that I, I get emails all week. Every week I get emails, and sometimes you start noticing things. Like for instance, if Ola England does a a, a, a metal zone pedal, I'll get all these metal zone questions. And if you know some YouTube channel talks about this, or if, you know if Gibson files bankruptcy, or something happens that tends to generate more of the emails and they become like you start seeing the trend of what people are asking you and this week i don't know what started it but i got a lot of emails about marketing and bs and confusion about things companies say and um i think i know where it started from so let me tell you where i think the 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 emails generated from the the core of it as you guys uh may know if you're watching the show last week nathan gave me the most amazing gift ever you guys were witnessed that live with me and uh and then uh, I called Nathan after the show and talked to Nathan and told Nathan that I wanted to, to make a video. And I told you guys I'd make it like by Saturday. And then I just thought about it going, that's not fair. That's not a proper thank you. So I wanted to spend the time on the video. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Taking the time to thank each person and actually document this for me milestone occasion. I've never had anything like that happening before, uh, that gracious, that grand. So again, thank you again to Nathan for sure. Uh, man, I still, still overwhelmed. But uh, what I was going to say was, um, I think a lot of you got excited about PRS, right? Nathan works at PRS. It's all PRS stuff. I saw a lot of people going, I'm going to buy my first PRS. And that's, that's cool. It's great to see energy. uh, And uh, I'm glad that Nathan created that energy and that's even better. Um, But I think a lot of you, when you start with surfing, looking at PRS, there was a lot of questions about the TCI pickups and the, you know, the tuned capacitance, tuned What's wrong with me? tune, capacitance, inductance, I say that twice as fast, pickups and some of the stuff. And, and uh, anyways, and then I got more questions this week. And it seems like a lot of questions about marketing uh, terminology. And I thought, D- we got to bring this up on the show. We got to talk about this. This is one of my pet peeves. Uh, I understand the, the the means of marketing and I definitely understand the benefits of dumbing things down so most people can, can understand it. And I think in marketing sense, if you want to dumb something down so that the average person who's not paying attention understands, uh, I love that. In fact, you know, sometimes my channel is predicated on that whole concept of, hey, how do I get somebody to understand a concept in three to six minutes where I know they're not going to watch 60 minutes of me talking about this one subject. Um, But sometimes marketing just the opposite. It confuses you. And sometimes it's just pure BS. So I figured, you know what, instead of doing a video about BS marketing, I thought, let's just bring it up on the live show and have you guys ask me uh, what you guys think and stuff. And uh, so to answer the question that I was asked this week about TCI pickups, tune, capacitance, inductance with Powered Smith, is that real? Uh, it's real in the sense, and I'm don't worry, I'll give you the plain truthful answer, but I want to give you this just this caveat, or not caveat, just this one little precursor. It's true in the same idea that Fender says, hey, we picked that speaker for that amp. And Marshall says, hey, we picked this speaker for this amp. Paul's, Paul Reed Smith Guitars has put a beautiful marketing idea around the idea of like, hey, yeah, we picked out the right pickups for the right guitars. (laughs) (laughs) Now, there is a lot of truth to the, capacitance inductance and and there's more to pickups than just you know um the the milliamps or the ohms or the uh you know the type of material whether he makes a great pickup that's for sure he's he's done that he's achieved the goal okay especially if you're a longtime prs fan we used to not love prs pickups as a a community if you remember people used to buy three thousand dollar prs's 20 years ago and the first thing they did was put different pickups in them and and so much so that it actually irritated prs guitar's uh in the idea that it, you know they didn't like the idea of that no one likes the idea that you buy their product and then immediately swap things out trust me i know that more than anybody because let me tell you this no company wants me to do a sharp on my axe about their product but i don't know if you guys wear that i talk about sharp my axe and how hard it's to get sponsors you understand i've told you guys this before no company thinks it's cool that i want to take their guitar and go this is how you make it better they're like our guitar is better what are you doing so uh so anyways uh yeah it's marketing bs for the whole uh whole of it and like i said there's nothing wrong with saying that everybody's got the right to put a spin on something so it's a spin so let's talk about what other spins there are and uh, let's talk about this and the first uh, question i see uh comfy kind of fee, boy I say that wrong and you're going to be in trouble uh it's a uh, it's c-u-n-i-f-e Kunfe. Kind of uh, I'll explain that in a second wide range pickups uh small builders say it's about design not alloy vendor claims otherwise what's true well you know true I hate that word because this is all opinion based but there's some information I can give you so the capital c small u capital n small i capital F small e is uh, it's for um it's okay, and so basically, a couple things to know about those pickups. First, uh, they were actually invented or partially invented by Seth Lover. Now, I say partially, I just don't know what Fender had their involvement in it, but because you guys think Seth Lover, you think Gibson, but Seth Lover made the pickups for Gibson. But then, many, many years later, when Fender's like, "We need humbuckers too," they they had him design those pickups. So they were designed by him, but they are special, and here's why. In fact, uh, uh, my understanding, and again, I'm going to give you my understanding. My understanding is that Fender's reissuing this pickup for the first time. I will tell you this. It probably takes somebody as big as Fender to reissue this pickup properly. I mean, I know I've seen other smaller builders or mid-sized builders do their versions of it, which are very good, but... Uh, the special part of those uh, cobalt uh, nickel iron pickups uh, magnets is that they what they did is they made the magnet out of that material because they didn't want to use a ceramic bar and just put steel slugs so when you think of a humbucker you think of a steel slug or screw and then you see a magnet stuck to that and that magnetizes that metal the actual the sco it will crack it's very brittle Cr- every mess with Alnico, it's very brittle now keep in mind I've never really machined any of this stuff I only know like history information uh, some stuff I can tell you from a practical like oh yeah I've tried it but pickups I've done so much stuff with pickups winding them and, and and doing all kinds of creative stuff with pickups but there are certain things like I just can't get my hands on I've never really took apart one of those vintage ones are worth oh you could go like a thousand bucks for a set of vintage uh uh pickups from those vendors um as high as that I'm not buying a set of those and cutting them open just for my curiosity <laughs> but So, is it special? Um, Well, here's the bigger argument. Is it special? I don't know. Because I'd have to actually, like, with the Somnium guitar, compare the... The fake ones, because let's put it this way. I don't mean fake ones or new ones are fake. They've been fake since the 70s, okay? Somewhere around the early 70s. And again, this is all, you know, you can Wikipedia this stuff. You don't need me. <laughs> but I can get, at least give you the guidelines of what you're supposed to look for. In the 70s, approximately, uh, Fender stopped making the real ones and started making these fake ones, which are just, like, when I say fake, they're humbuckers like that had padding and they just made the pickups look bigger. And it's like a facade kind of thing. Um, and... Uh, you know, I don't know. Did people notice? It's one of those things. Did the first person notice because they heard a difference or did they notice because they saw a difference or because somebody tried to sell them the old one and say it's better. Sometimes there's a lot of vintage guitars are 50% amazing reality and 50% BS. I know I keep saying BS. I feel like a third grade school teacher can not say the words, but come on, we're going to keep it clean. But my point is it's BS. You know what I mean? It's all about some, some guy. And I hate to say guy. Cause usually it's, it's always a guy. Right. I don't know. Maybe there's one girl out there doing it. One woman. Uh, but there's always some guy telling you, oh, I got a blah, blah, blah guitar. And they've never made him like that since. And and I always call BS on that because I'm going to stop seeing BS. <laughs> I, I call I call that crap because here's here's the reality. There are some things it's true that they can't make anymore. That's true. Right. Things change. Laws change. Uh, manufacturing changes. They physically don't make the materials like they used to. Um, sometimes it's, it's, like I said, it's OSHA laws or, or uh, it's uh, regulations that change the process. Sometimes it's just forgotten knowledge. It happens. And yes, could the old piece of technology or piece of gear in the guitar world be somehow more magical than the new reissue? Yeah. But a lot of times, a lot of that stuff was left behind because it wasn't very good. And that's where the that's where it gets confusing. There are some things that we as musicians left behind because we found a better alternative. It was better <laughs> right um, and then some things uh you know we they replaced it because, like I said, times change and laws change and things like that. So you have to kind of look at that and figure out where is that coming from on that pickup. one thing I always thought about was. It's designed a little differently in the size and all that stuff. So that has as much to do with the materials. So to, to get to your core question, I'm sorry I've taken so long, but it's just an interesting part of this subject since this is the theme of today's video. Uh, it, it's uh, it a small builders say the design, it's the design, not the alloys. I would say the same. Okay. Uh, I would say that here's what my, my theory would be. OK, because it's a theory at this point. I haven't done actual tests. My theory is that if you build a pickup physically like that, in other words, size wise, space it out, because the, where we, we all know this. Nobody has to convince you that moving a pickup up and down where the, to the neck to the bridge changes the sound. If you don't understand that, well, then I don't, you need to start with some really basic YouTube videos or something or, or go back. But then no one's arguing that. <laughs> no one's arguing like, hey, if I put a pickup in the bridge position, it sounds different than the neck. No one's going, nope, they sound the same. It's crazy. Just put one pickup in the guitar. No, they, we know that they sound different physically where we put the, the, the pickups. And we also know that changing the distance between the how wide like wide range or narrow field uh, Paul Reed Smith has a pickup called narrow field that's his, his fancy way of saying a mini humbucker right good, again good marketing it's a narrow field it's a field a narrow field of range that just picks up the pickup it's a mini humbucker no no it's narrow It's it's not wide marketing. So, but still, doesn't matter. Still, We understand. I did a video we, 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 uh, where I physically tested it. We took a mini humbucker in the same guitar, put it in, played it, pulled it out, put the full-size humbucker, supposed to be spec the same by the manufacturer. In other words, designed to be the same, sound similar. They sounded massively different. Although I could argue they were using different magnets and different wire, and I think they had to factor in. I'd say 90% of the reason it was different is because physically it was just a different range of, of a spectrum of what it was hearing from the string. I would say, could you go out and buy a set of these pickups from Fender for $400? I think it's like $400 or $500 for the set from Fender reissue. Sure. Could you get... A similar sound with a less expensive pickup that's just a wider like a wide range pickup. Yeah, I think the average I think the average listener That's not educated uh, when I say educated. I mean, uh, I like the word connoisseur. Sometimes when people go, oh, you hear the difference. Look You don't always have to hear the difference. You don't always have to feel the difference or see the difference. You know what I mean? You understand that if you're into something something excites you whether that's uh you know sports or music or, or food or or you know wine because it's a connoisseur and people think of wine when they think connoisseurs. uh if you want to educate yourself about every detail uh there's a youtube video that i that i love okay it's probably and i'll put a link in it it's one of my favorite youtube videos of all youtube videos at all time i don't know why some crazy youtuber did a great video he wanted to know how much sawdust could he put in a Rice Krispie treat before people noticed it. So he made a bunch of batches of Rice Krispie treats with different, um, different amounts of le- edible, meaning edible, not poisonous, amounts of sawdust in them. And he fed them to his friends, including the last one, which was like 90% sawdust and 10% Rice Krispie, to see when they noticed there was sawdust and it was what you expected it was like number two or three you know when it was like 40% sawdust they were like this doesn't taste like a rice crispy anymore. <laughs> but my my point is I would imagine if you were a connoisseur of something if you were educated on it and you spent your time apparently eating rice crispy treats every day. You would detect it in the first bite, the first one, right? Uh, that would which, which which you'd hope. So sometimes connoisseurs are educated people in a subject that can detect things, like hear the difference between the design of a pickup and the actual makeup of the pickups, and hearing those small differences. Maybe that matters, but in the grand scheme, my my theory is I think the average player is not going to detect uh, a huge difference from the the, the confy <laughs> pickup. Uh, But I don't know like I said, that's why I like try it's know your gear is the name of the channel because I want to try things Uh, I'd be willing to try a set of the vintage or the vintage correct ones versus the fake correct ones and see but I would I'm gonna guess that my I'm I'm close to right that they'll sound so similar That uh, even if the the expensive ones sound better. I don't know so There you go. There's my answer to your question. It was a good question, good answer. Today, I brought a coffee mug. I'm drinking water, of course, or vodka, like I always say, uh, from the artistic autistic. Uh, I just, every time I see this, I always, this is is one of my favorite cups. I just thought I'd give a shout out again. I'll put a link right now when I index this to his channel. So, um, so, what else? That was a super chat. Let's do a non-super chat question to something (laughs) question mark first uh james says hey phil that's me uh what's your thought on the sales pitch that zagger guitars are easy play marketing bs that is that company is getting crazier by the by the by the minute Okay, uh, ten years ago ish, and again I'm doing it all from memory. Ten years ago is when I think the first time I ever heard of the Zagger guitars. You know, it's like he wrote the the song, the guy Zager, uh, Zager, whatever, wrote the song, and uh, and uh, started making these Easy Play guitars. And don't get me wrong, at first I was impressed on the marketing. I was like, Easy Play, easy to play. It's an Easy Play system. Great, lower the action. It's easier to play. It's the Easy Play system. Right, it's like it's like somebody going, "Hmm, did, uh, did you get your car washed? No, I got it shine technology. <laughs> right, I don't know. I was okay. So, anyways, uh, so, but I love the concept in the idea. It's like, okay, here's what he's doing. In my opinion, because I got to say in my opinion, because if I'm wrong, I don't want to get in you know trouble, because uh, I don't know what he's doing. Why? Because they're extremely secretive company. Okay, uh, it doesn't take. I think a couple, if you're a diehard weird guitar cre- uh, creep creep, <laughs> creep, like me. No. If you're a diehard uh <laughs> guitar freak like me, sometimes you end up in these like two to three hour rabbit holes in the middle of the night in the internet and Zagger, Zager, whatever ends up becoming one of those rabbit holes. And if you ever want to see and try to figure out what's going on with that company, it's a very just close they they do not tell you anything. It's like think about this. Are they made in the USA or, and then they're even vague. They're kind of assembled in the USA. Well, assembled is so loosely described when they're talking. That it kind of implies like if they take the strings off and put new strings on and tuning keys, they're going to like, it's assembled in the USA. So where am I going with this? I'm going with this. Um, so basically, you take uh, guitars from Indonesia, which is nothing wrong, or China, because it's where everybody buys their guitars. And when you get them, instead of opening them up and inspecting and make sure the factory did it right, you pull them out and you do a full setup on them. And uh, sometimes a full setup means the crown and level some frets or take care of a high issue. You guys seen a Sharpen My Axe? He's sharpening My Axe. He's the original Sharpen My Axe guy, right? Let's give him credit. He was like, hey, I'm going to take an acoustic and fix it up. Except for here's the crazy part. When you're looking at the guitars, some of them are $2,500. It's like somebody going, okay, I'm gonna sell you a $700 acoustic and then I'm gonna charge you $1,800 to make it play great. But I mean, it comes with like stickers and a t-shirt, don't get me wrong, in a case, I mean, those are, have value too. <laughs> uh, so no, it, it is creepy uh, how creepy it is. It, it, it's like info late night Marshall crap converted to guitar. Um, now, so, you know, I never proclaim to be right. (laughs) So what I'm going to tell you is this, because, uh, these episodes always get about, you know, 15 to 20,000 views or not always, I shouldn't say that, you know, like cocky like that, but it's likely. And the podcast will do at least that or more. Um, if the Zagger guys hear me, I, I will pay with, I will pay to fly to your facility. I will film a video and I will be totally unbiased. I will literally be there to do exactly what I've done many times before. I would love to share the Zager history and company with you guys. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, as long as they're willing to, uh, you know, take the chance that, you know, if they're full of crap, it's going to come out. But I would do it, right? Um, I'll tell you what I wouldn't want really willing to do. I wouldn't be willing for them to ship me a guitar and have me review it. Not that they would ever ask to do that, but I'm just saying I wouldn't be willing to do that on the video on a video because um, that doesn't tell me anything. I've seen, see, here's the thing. I've seen ish things. I've seen where like, I've seen stickers in their guitars placed kind of, again, like I said, I wanna be clear how I'm saying this stuff. It appeared to be very creepily put, placed over where the manufacturing guitar was made. So it was like a Zager sticker over made in Indonesia. Um, now some of that stuff could be people uh, trolling and putting fake stuff up on the internet, but I'm talking about what I've personally seen. I've personally seen stuff. Now I've personally worked on two Zager guitars, and this is again, this was a long time ago, so it could have been a different company by then, not different ownership, but you know companies grow and improve. Those guitars were uh, those at that time, I, I believe, and I'll pick. Up, I'll just take up the one, an example. One of them, the the customer paid. I think they said seven hundred dollars with the case. And my expert opinion, although they had a, I think at that time like my local luthier said he says guitars are 10 times the prices well i was the local luthier and i looked at it and i saw basically a 399 dollars acoustic with a brand name it means it would be 400 if it had like a fender logo on it a brand name and so it was marked up higher than i felt the you know than what usually brands off brands would get and it was all off this market off this easy play system so it is a little creepy in the fact that it seems to be marketed towards people in that way, but again, that's how it appears. And again, it appears that way because when you go to get clear, easy answers off their website or off the internet, which let's be clear, is should be very easy to do. Is it made in the USA? Yes, these models are proudly made in the USA. These mo- models are proudly imported or unproudly imported, whatever they wanna say. And uh, it, you know, and this is what the company is. One of my favorite things about them was they used to post pictures of this shop in their ads um like of building guitars but i but w- there's no footage of building guitars just show factory footage again it's it's very creepy because we're talking about marketing bs the number one thing the one, and i think is the worst thing when we talk about marketing bs the number one thing that upsets me is when companies allude to be made in the usa um because I don't I know people from other countries sometimes like no one cares if it's made in the usa Well, you know what a lot of people do and the market knows that a lot of people know they pay more it has nothing to do with guitars Okay, uh, I believe new balance and again, I'm just going off of a memory here new balance I think got in trouble for uh, Some of their shoes saying they were made in the america where they were essentially just mostly made overseas and then finished here in, in The states and I believe they got in trouble for that now again I'm if i'm wrong I'm wrong. I just remember reading something about that. Um, again, I got to do this stuff off of memory of <laughs> an article I, wrote a few, I read a few years ago. But that's not the point. The point is is that we all know Made in the USA uh, has value. Here's how we know it has value, because everyone goes the other way to not show when it's made somewhere else. Now, I don't mean Germany or Japan, other countries that are also notorious for having uh, great quality craftsmanship. I mean, let's be let's be clear. China is not uh, nothing. I don't want to say nothing wrong, but with China, Indonesia, uh, and Vietnam, companies, con- com- countries that are building our products uh, in those places inexpensively, that is the that is the I want to say the get. In other words, people are buying those products there, like Harley Benton stuff, because it's affordable. Okay, so so a lot of times, like manufacturers of make things will put. Sometimes you ever, ever had, to, I've looked at products for like 10 minutes once to figure out where it says it's made. But let me tell you something. If it's made in the USA, you don't have to look for it. It's going to be apparent. <laughs> it's going to be stamped into there somewhere or stuck on the box. So the reason I say that is, is it's because not because of uh, the pride of the, of the factory making in the US, although that's a part of it. Um, and yeah, Sean Brooks, by the way, is saying, what about UK Marshall? Same thing. Right when it's made in the UK, uh, Marshall, it'll have the made in UK I'm backwards, made in UK sticker on the front of the amp. But the made in Vietnam series, it doesn't have a big Vietnamese flag with <laughs> made in Vietnam on the front of the amp. And again, it's because people are willing to pay more for. And I'm saying for some reason, because everybody has different reasonings for that, and I don't want to go through them. But people are willing to pay more, and because people are willing to pay more, right? Uh, they will be fraudulent sometimes and sometimes make it allude to that like assembled in the us, which again, I don't want to go through that. Uh, what's the, the hierarchy of this stuff, but you get to understand, understand that. So Zager to me, back to Zager, which is, I think they seem to imply they're doing more than what they say. And, uh, and, uh, yeah. So, uh, to back to the Zager guy, uh, yeah, Peter says, <laughs> Zager's website says is proud to tell you Mike Huckabee plays Zager. Yeah, well, they, they have all these strange uh, uh, endorsements that are, you know, I mean, obviously they have notoriety, but I mean, obviously Huckabee's like a politician kind of guy, but you get the idea. we It's a weird vibe is what I'm trying to say. But instead of condemning it or making fun of it, I just tell you, I'm venting my, because you brought it up, I'm venting what I see as a problem. I really feel like that if you bought a $2,500 Zager guitar, in my opinion, it was a horrible mistake and you shouldn't have done it. And if you did do it, I have done, I bought speakers off a guy off of, uh, you know, Craigslist that didn't work once. I mean, you know what I mean? We do dumb things, okay? You have to eat your money and go. If you haven't done it, think about it, <laughs> okay? <laughs> what I'm saying is, is, is that uh, when I was just recently looking at Zager guitars and looking at the price points, I'm telling you there are some amazing Taylors, Martins, hold on, I need water. And other very nice brands that you can buy. And, uh, and, and don't worry, Easy Play can be applied to any guitar. So I'd love to see if they have a patent on Easy Play. Not a trademark on the name. That, I can believe. I'd love to see a patent. But like I said, I'm willing to eat crow. <laughs> be wrong. Admit it. Like I said, I've admitted wrong many times. It happens a lot sometimes more than I wanted to. Um, but I would, I pay out my own pocket to go and film there. I'll film there. I'll, we'll talk about it. I'll give them a fair shake. Everything will be discussed. You know what I mean? Um, cause again, I hope I'm wrong. I don't want to, I don't want to think that companies are taking advantage of people, but it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't look right. And I've said this before when it talks to buying stuff on Craigslist and stuff, go with your gut, right? If it doesn't feel right, it's probably not right. Zegar has never felt right to me. That's my opinion. So there you go. Um, Yeah. But on that note, <laughs> so uh, great, uh, uh, <laughs> David Bruce says, "Do you have to buy? Do you have to buy it on Easy Guitar Plan?" Yeah, you probably do. Uh, and then, oh, C C Burgess. Okay, so C Burgess said this great thing. He says, "How did Zager modify other brands as now easy to play guitars?" So I my under, again, I'm, my understanding because I I didn't really. Like, you know, I, don't, I, I wasn't involved in really paying attention as the Zager thing uh, started. But if I remember correctly, it didn't even start as a brand of guitars. They started as like they were taking some inexpensive price guitars and fixing them up. Which, at, that's what I said. At first, it seemed like a very almost noble concept. It would be like, imagine a small mom and pop store took all their $100 Squire Epiphone-esque whatever sunlight guitars and started putting $60 setups on them which is really like a great idea. you know what I mean? Um, if you could do it, if you could pull it off, okay um, we would do in our shop we would do this deal where if you bought a guitar from us and signed up for lessons we would set them up because that was the incentive. We couldn't make money on the damn guitar. We'd sell a guitar for 150 at 150 we would buy the guitar at like 105, we'd make $45. I was charging it at that time at, you know, I like said, 70 bucks for a setup. It didn't make any sense. But if you paid for a month of lessons at hundred bucks, the store would make like $30 on that, right? You know, 25, 30 bucks on that, add that to the kitty. And then, I would do the setup which at that point we broke even, but the very next month we would make our $25. And we'd, and if you stayed and you're successful, we would see the dividend of that. And then you would buy another guitar and more things. So it was investing. We could do it in an investment logic to, to to do that. We would pull it off sometimes because it was tough. Cause it's like, you know, a lot of people buy cheap. The cheap, People who, it's weird. People who usually buy the cheapest guitars aren't gonna buy lessons. I know what you're thinking. If you only have a hundred bucks, you don't have money for lessons. That's usually not how it works. It's usually the cheapest guitar concept of buying. In, in a music store is the parent it's the parent causing the problem right it's like uh you know and you try what you can but you know they come in and they're like timmy wants to play guitar little julie wants to play guitar what what do you got for 53 dollars and you're like i don't know <laughs> you know uh so you know what i mean i um I remember like I remember I would have guys come in and go, how much is this guitar? and I'd be like 3800 dollars And they go, oh. But I'd have moms in the store and I'm like, how much is this guitar package? And I'm like, well, it's $159. And they're like, oh my God, $159. And I'm like, yeah, for the amp, the guitar, the cables, the gig. pack. <laughs> uh, so uh anyways. Uh so yeah, uh, I'm getting I'm getting sidetracked, I feel. <laughs> so um what where, where where were we Zagger guitars yeah so the easy play system yeah i believe they did it at other guitars and again easy play is a setup i think that's a interesting and like i said i don't mind the the terminology i think the terminology in the marketing of the easy play idea is ingenious you make a guitar easier to play right by setting it up a little better or lowering the action or changing it a little bit so it's a little easier to play makes perfect sense however the rest of it seems a little 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 strange right little strange okay uh okay uh Jeff Parker says, where do you draw the line? This is interesting. Uh, and this ties, to, again, we're still on the same subject of manufacturers and marketing because I'm sure this will tiny. It says, where do you draw the line? Uh, Most Floyd Rose guitar bridges are made in Germany. Uh, yep, they're made by Schaller if they're made in Germany. Uh, so if a guitar is made in the USA and has a Floyd Rose, is it no longer made in the USA? Um, well, again, again, uh, there is there is terminology out there that usually helps people understand this, like a certain percentage of a product was made in a country. Therefore it's made in that country. California is even, is really difficult because they really demand a high amount. It used to be like hundred percent or some crazy like that for a short time. They, they made some real hard legislation and then they backed it off. Um, so much so that where you guys realize it in California, Fender, if you buy a Fender American Strat right now, it doesn't say made in the USA. Go, go look. If you just bought one, you're on your headstock, you're, if you haven't figured it out yet they don't say made usa on fender headstocks on the fender strats and tellies they say corona california they don't say Maine usa um i i think that i again i think the reason they did that was when the leg- legislation got really harsh cuz like i said for a, it was you guys people from california could probably uh cue in a little bit in the comments uh the way I remember it was they, they passed this legislation that said that basically, you know, if it's not 100% made in the USA, you can't make it in the USA. And, uh, and then that was like almost impossible. So no one could make anything in the USA. And so a lot of manufacturers were threatening to leave California going, hey, man, if I can't, if I'm going to build a guitar 90% here, but 10% import parts and I can't save me in the USA, I'm, I'm just going to go overseas. You know what I mean? I don't, that really didn't happen. They didn't really threaten it like that. But that was the argument. And then California like backed it off a little bit because I remember uh, all of a sudden it changed. Um, some of the some of the terminology changed, but I think Fender at that point just said screw it. We're just going to leave <laughs> Corona California, our Corona, yeah, Corona California, on the headstocks and just call it a day. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so uh, so where does that line happen where something's made? I think I think it should be an obvious thing, is what I'm uh, is my opinion. Okay, again, I don't want to go about what the laws are. I want to go off what I feel. Here's how I feel. I think all of us know. Like, here's 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 a good way to look at this. If if you go if you're if you make food if you make dinner tonight, you know how if you really made dinner or if you reheated something. (laughs) Okay, right. We use the term "I made dinner" very loosely (laughs) as a society. Like, I made dinner tonight. What'd you do? Pregu salsa, noodles, spaghetti. (laughs) Right? Did you really make dinner? I mean, technically, you made dinner. (laughs) Right. Oh, I added some garlic powder and some salt, so I did make it. It's my special recipe. Um. So same logic, right? I think everybody deep down knows what really. You know what I mean? When you really make something versus when you, you know, you just put the finishing bow on it and then said, "Yeah, it's made here." Um. But re- that's not even what I'm arguing. I'm ar- arguing the total, flat out, not even lie. You know what I mean? Uh, just the flat out like. M- Misleading you by saying like, uh, here's a misleading here's a marketing term that I love that I see so much. Designed in the USA, made in whatever, right? Uh, UK's too, by the way. Did not, designed in UK, United Kingdom? made in Vietnam. It's truthful, but it's marketing, right? Um, there you go. So again, there's marketing terms. And I don't think that's made. I don't really feel like that was made to trick you into thinking like, oh, it's made in the UK. And then you're like, "Uh, no, 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 it's not. It says it's designed in the UK. And you're like, oh, I thought I said made. I mean, yeah, you might have that confusion. But I think most people, they read designed in UK, made in Vietnam. I think in this today's day and age, we know what that means. Like, right, they made the prototype. They sent the prototype over to Vietnam. They mass produced it. But the company that that owns the product at least developed a product versus what's called a repackage where basically they were in a Vietnamese factory and they're like, what are you making over there? And like, we make these uh, amps for Joe, Joe, yo. And, and he, and Harley Benton, like Marshall's like, cool, put our name on those too and give us 60,000 of them. Like that's a different concept, right? Repackaging an existing product. Uh, Toy collectors know what repacks are probably more than anyone. Cause toy industry is like most, I think most notorious for repackage. So, all right. Uh, and then Eddie, thank you, Eddie. What a great question. I love these kind of chats on these uh, on these uh, subjects because uh, you have a great question. He says, why don't manufacturers state where the guitar is made on the instrument? And he says, why don't they? Um, well, they do, but sometimes you're right. Sometimes they don't. Why don't they? Well... <sighs> <laughs> well we know why they don't uh so so uh th- it just thought it was funny that you asked it like that why like in other words why wouldn't they want to um well we know if it was made in the usa or U united kingdom or japan or germany uh and again if i'm forgetting your country don't get offended it's just it's just we it's again it we know what countries push higher price points and that's what it is think it like cars so no one gets offended in the United States a BMW costs more than a Ford right we don't have to argue anything that's just a fact BMWs cost more than Fords that's a fact in the guitar community American made guitars cost more than Chinese made guitars as a whole don't I know somebody out there is going to be determined to find well this one Chinese guitar is more than this one yeah there's exceptions but Uh, Just like there's a Ford truck that costs more than a BMW, there's exceptions, but we're talking about as a whole. So as a whole, companies want to dissuade... I don't know if dissuade's the right word. Companies want to (laughs) unhighlight the things that are not going to help the guitars uh, get a higher price. That's my way of saying that. And highlight the things that will. Uh, And then Joey says, is Fender Custom Shop marketing BS or is it worth the price tag? I I proudly say this. I've said this now for many years. I own a Fender custom shop. It's one of my main guitars. I love it. And it's BS. (laughs) Uh, I I know that sounds contradictory, but here's what it is. I wanted it. I bought it. I do like it. I've never bought another custom shop again. It's not because they're not quality. They're great quality. One of Fender's faults is their strengths in my mind. Fender is a company. I always felt this way. Fender is a company that... Can make you great inexpensive stuff so because they make great inexpensive stuff like mexican strats fantastic american standard strat uh well you know professional and and, and uh performer and all this stuff are fantastic so custom shop strat when somebody's like oh my custom shop straps way better i'm like well mine it's better <laughs> way better mine's not way better by the way my my uh custom shop strat is spec the way i want them in other words it, it's, it, like i said it's the color i wanted with the features i want which is painted headstock and it has a 12 inch radius fretboard it has some features that i specifically wanted on the guitar and ordered that way that is something that really doesn't fender doesn't even do anymore custom shop fender now is still off the rack it's just off a higher expensive rack so i'll tell you what i think is funny about fender custom shop the name custom is weird Vendor custom shop to me is like if you've ever had this experience where you go to a custom builder for a house, you know, go, go you, you, and the the missus or. You and the mister uh, decide to go, hey, let's go look at those houses we can't afford because, you know, sometimes you do that. And uh, you go to these houses and it's custom homes and you're in there and you're like, you know, and you, you you go in there and you're like, you're looking at the home and you're like, this is nice and like, and what features can we get on this? And like, oh, you can get the cabinets in this color, or this color. And you're like, and all of a sudden you start realizing these custom expensive homes are now what they call semi-custom where there's a little bit of plug and play. Um, <laughs> we were in a house... I'll never forget this. We we're in a house, and it was crazy expensive. In Arizona, it was nuts. It was off the charts expensive. And one of the things my wife asked was because it, it had it had three bathrooms, and it was beautiful home. And uh, my wife just asked in passing the the not you know the agent the person that's showing the model home. She's like, um, but all the bathroom showers, and she's like, yeah. And she goes in the master. Can you get a tub? And she's like, no. To get a tub, what you'd have to do is you buy the house the way we make it. And then afterwards you can get a, like a plumber to come and rip the shower out and just install your own bathtub. And that was a custom home builder. (laughs) So that's how I think of Fender custom shop. It's like, wow, I love strats. I always wanted one special. Can I get a strat this way? And like, well, we'll dig, we'll, we'll ding it up. We'll scratch it. (laughs) We'll put some cool pickups in it. And you can pick seven colors. So, again, cookie cutter custom. Thank you, Christopher. Yeah, it's Fender cut. And so, you know, every insult I have is never meant to be. uh, uh, Again, I'm not trying to slam Fender for this (laughs) because I understand why they do it. I don't like it, but I understand it. Why? Because Fender sells gazillions of those things. So if anyone goes, why are they so stupid? Well, they're so stupid laughing to the bank. That's why they're so stupid. So all right uh all right uh guitar 1952 says custom shop necks are much are gener- generally much better yes they are better because all guitars are better the more hand time on them that's a fact there's just no way around that no one's been able to disprove that let me give you an example like I said, you go to factories and here's something, here's something you notice about all factories. They pull it out of the machine and you're impressed. They're like, oh, they made a body and then they made a neck and they fit it in. Everybody's seen this video. There's like, every factory does it. Like I made this neck on this machine, this body and watch this. And you stick it in the pocket and they go, no glue or anything. It sticks in perfectly. That's how tight the tolerances are. And we always go, Ooh. And then you pick up that guitar and you're like, yeah, I wouldn't freaking play this thing. This doesn't play. It doesn't feel great yet. It won't feel great until somebody's hands are, are sanding on it and finishing it. It's the finish time. Do you know why a cheap guitar has such horrible fret ends? Because it takes it takes 20 minutes. I was going to say 15, but really it takes 20. To do fret end dress, I did a fret end dress on Dovi Doss's guitar in that video. That fret end dress, obviously I only give you the highlights of the fret end dress, but I think I said in there, the fret end dress I did on that guitar was about 11 to 15 minutes. That's how fast it takes me with one of those files just to go and just polish off the fret ends. Okay. So if you hand me a guitar right now, I, I, I do it for people all the time. I can do it anytime you want. I can fret and dress your guitar, pretty much any guitar, uh, let's say 20 minutes in front of you. Right. And just polish off the fret ends. Okay. So obviously that's not because magic. That's because I've done a lot of them. Somebody who's doing it all day in a factory are going to probably even be faster than me. Cause again, you know, I'm I'm doing one a day, two a day. They're doing 40, 50 a day. So here's the problem. 20 minutes is a long time in a manufacturing process. 20 minutes is horrendous. It's 20 minutes on a guitar that's going to, a guitar that's going to street for $169 to have an employee spend 20 minutes on one thing on that guitar. And that thing is just to make sure the frets feel nice is, is a very hard thing to justify in pricing, even at whatever the, the, Labor wages that everybody talks about, you know, like hey, oh, the wage, la- the la- the uh, wages are slave labor wages. I'm like, yeah, and that tells you something. Even at those wages, it's impossible to put that hands on the guitar that long. So, custom shop guitars as a whole should always be better because somebody is supposed to have their hands on them for much longer. In fact, some companies, and I think Fender's one of them, will flat out tell you when you go there. That's what it is. They they'll tell you the time factor. There's a like. You know, on this guitar, they spend, let's say, 15 minutes dressing it and, and doing the, fr- and the, the, uh, the neck. And then on this guitar, they spend, you know, 20 minutes and on this guitar. Um, Nathan, as you guys know Nathan, because he gave me a guitar. Nathan told me once, and it made total sense, that when he's buffing PRS guitars, uh, um, and he's probably in the comments, so if I'm wrong, Nathan, please correct me. I think he was saying he has to spend an hour or an hour and a half on a core guitar, but only like 30 minutes on an S2. I think something like that buffing and that's the same job. So think about it, he's buffing. So he's obviously he's, he's handing a guitar a core guitar to somebody after he's buffed it. That's supposed to be like glass and perfect. And the S2 is very good, right? Same thing. That's just how they got to factor that in. So yes, uh, guitar 1952. I agree with you. Custom shop necks are generally much better. And that's why I'm saying custom shop guitars are going to be good but the question is, you know, how good is that price and how, and how exciting or not exciting. How exclusive is that? It's not very exclusive as a whole, in my opinion. Uh, okay. Uh, let's, I'm ignoring some questions. <laughs> so let me get to some real quick. Hold on a second. Let me refresh. Good time to drink some water. I feel like I'm just constantly drinking water on the show, but I am just constantly talking. Okay. Uh, okay. Matt Wells says, Hey Phil, I love the vintage sound, but most vintage guitars are out of my price range. Do you think it's ever worth paying big sums of money for vintage pickups like, uh, like PAFs, uh, to try to get the sound? Um, I I have played vintage PAFs. I've played vintage pickups. That's something I can definitely tell you uh, that I've done. Not only played vintage guitars, but I've I've literally had intimate time with all kinds of exciting pickups through, through... through my store years, through the YouTube years, you know, I mean, you know, uh, so uh, there is something uh, great about the pickups, the fact that they're old and the, the magnets have softened and the different materials and the way they constructed them, whether they're sandcast or the newer po- ways they make them that are more kind of polished and perfect now. So my answer to you is this. Yes, vintage pickups are really good. And I uh, love <laughs> most of the ones I've played. They most all have some kind of I would say sweetness that I love it doesn't even matter if I'm talking about single coils out of a strat or PAFs uh, out of a gibson or something like that but what I will tell you is this there are tons of builders out there that spend insane amount of time <laughs> figuring out the magic which isn't magic it's just reverse engineering it and in my experience I've come across many of those um many times so to answer your question Matt no, I wouldn't buy me personally. I wouldn't pay crazy money for vintage pickups, but I do because I do currently do now. Pay, let's say, way higher than what the market trend of pickups are to get special pickups from special builders, and that's why when I did the um, the Doctor Octave pickups, that's why I highlighted those. I'll highlight small builders like him because what happens is is you learn. This is the trick I've learned, and Matt, please take this to heart because it's good information to know. What I've learned is this. What makes a pickup expensive is the builder's reputation. So trying to find the next good builder on a pickup is a magical thing to do because you're going to find the guy who's going to soon get $300 a pickup, and you're going to get them for $79 a pickup. That's what you do. And that's why sometimes it's fun to try pickups from builders. That's why sometimes when a builder's like, it's $150 for the set. I'm like, send them. <laughs> cause at that point I'm willing to try because if they're great, I'll buy another set immediately. And like I said, uh, cause again, you, you know what I mean? There's, uh, the thing, you know, you get the idea. So that's my advice to you, Matt, you could buy the vintage pickups. I would try to find the, the recreations that are really good. I think you'll be fine uh, to the point where I don't know if I would, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to bet money to see if I could hear the difference between the two. Um, let's see. Hold on a second. Uh, Neil says, hey, Phil, I have a chance to buy a buy two. He's going to buy two guitars. Okay. He's going to buy two. You know this. We, we always tell you to buy the guitar. He's going to buy two 2012 DBZ uh, Barchetta guitars unused for about $700. They are used as wall display. Okay. What do you think of that model DBZ, the price, question mark? Is there anything I should be wary of being unused? Is there anything I should be wary of being unused uh no i mean here's the thing look inspect them visually inspect them and check them make sure that there's no issues uh sitting on the walls collecting dust shouldn't have any issues um nothing should happen from that the dbz guitars from 2012 here's what's cool man they're made in the world manufacturing so factory they're made in korea so they're very good guitars there and the design's really good and the looks really cool um i feel like okay I want to, I got to make sure I, so I'm going to give you the, both answers. Cause this is important. If you're telling me you can buy two of the guitars for $700. Yeah. Yeah. 350 a guitar. That's a good deal. Do it. Now, as I say, good deal. Not a great deal. I've seen them that cheap. You know what I mean? Uh, when I sold mine, I thought I got 450 for mine. I, th- I think so. That seems high. I don't think I got that. I might've tried to. I think I tried to get five. I might've, it's been a while now since I sold mine. Um, when I sold it, I sold it like everybody for what you can. I sold it for what I can. Keep it in mind that it I felt it was a much better worth more guitar than the price I was selling it for, but it's what you can get. So seven hundred doesn't blow me away even for two. Seven hundred for one seems high. but again, I haven't looked at the you know reverbs to see what they're selling for. but uh, you know if you really like them, seven hundred for both is I think it's worth it. In other words, you can try them, enjoy them. One of my favorite things to do, I think a lot of us do it on this, you know, in this community and on this channel, is if you can buy a guitar at the right price, you buy it. Like I said, I call it park your money. You park your money into the guitar, you play the guitar for a little while, you enjoy it, you sell the guitar. Try to think of another situation where you could do that. It's amazing. Could you imagine, like, I bought a TV, I watched sports for you know a couple months, and I sell the TV for what I paid. I mean, I know I don't know why TV is a bad analogy, but you get the idea. The whole idea that you can buy something, enjoy it for a little period of time, and if you like it, keep it, but if not, sell it and be out nothing, is is not a high risk thing. It's fun to do as a collector. So yeah, I, I, but like I said, seven hundred piece, I'd say no. 700 for both i say i think you're you're safe and I, that's without me looking at the current trends on reverb to see what stuff's going for uh tom says new princeton reverb has a hiss above volume four my other amps don't do it mostly goes away when i ground the strings is that okay just need a noise gate uh, i shouldn't need a noise gate but what i would like you to do for me tom is try and put it at volume four but turn the reverb you can turn the tremble off just to be safe to but turn the reverb off Okay. Um, So believe it or not, some of those amps, uh, Princeton's, as you know, I have a couple Princeton's, I like them, but sometimes Fender amps uh, will get a hiss. um, And sometimes, if you're lucky, if it's doing it, so here's the good news if it's doing it and and it's your reverb, um, what I would do is pop those, you know, obviously turn the amp off, wait for it to cool down, and pop the preamp tubes to your reverb and tremolo. Uh, Well, isolate which one's doing it, you should be able to do that. But let's say it's your reverb, like I said, turn the reverb off, it goes away, then I would basically get a new tube for the reverb and put a new tube in it. Remember, the thing with Fender that sucks is they use, in my opinion, the worst tubes ever, which is Groove Tubes. Um, And I'm just constantly having trouble with Groove Tubes so uh you know and uh, believe it or not the sad news is it's like uh, for you guys out here that watch uh, that watch the show and your it guys and you know you have to tell people like turn the computer off and turn it back on again yeah in the tube world everything is change your tubes <laughs> it, it sounds like a cop out it's not changing your tubes is is first you should do that before you ever take it to someone to do anything because just why not change tubes, especially preamp tubes power tubes is a slightly different conversation but preamp tubes especially, swap them out. Try that first, see? The other thing you have to be aware of is um, sometimes it's your pedals. So um, some pedals, especially boss pedals, even when they're turned off, they'll create the amp to hiss. Like my Mesa Boogie freaks out. Over boss pedals. Uh, if I have boss pedals in the in the chain, even off, because obviously they're they're uh, buffered. I'm sure that's what it is. They're driving that. They make the amp hiss. So another thing I'd like you to check on your amp is please unplug everything but the guitar. So guitar straight to the amp, and then try to volume forward. Kind of. Again, you just want to isolate the problem. Just isolate the problem. And if it's not if it's the pedals, that's one issue. Then you will need noise gate or something like that. If it's not the pedals, uh, then again check the reverb. And if it's not the reverb, uh, well, yeah, it's not supposed to do that. So it could be something else. I doubt it's a speaker. At that point, you'd have to look at other other issues. It could be Um. Okay, hold on a second Okay, Chris says Chris just wants me to know he's watching while he's on vacation. Cheers. Cheers, my man. He's got a beer emoji I think I have a water emoji Okay, uh Voodoo Fist, I love that name, Voodoo Fist says, saw your interview video with Mike Saldano, uh, wound up purchasing the SLO 30, you bastard, oh, you're lucky, 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 lucky person, that was a great amp, I sat there, and I plugged in that amp that day, and I I remember loving the clean as much as the dirty, and just thinking that amp was just, that was the cat's pajamas, I don't have a saying, so I just said that, it was really good. So he bought that and a 212. Not bragging. Just kidding. <laughs> My favorite saying to the kids is going to Target. Not bragging. I sold it from somewhere on the internet. I love it. Uh kids don't. <laughs> it's just, uh, anyway, it says uh I wound up purchasing a SLO30 and a 212 cabinet after mind-blowing amp. Wow, the hype is real. Happy Labor Day weekend. Dude, uh, let me let me tell you. There are there are a list of people, and it's a very short list in this industry, who are Good people. There's a very short list of people who are smart people, and there's a very short list of people who are very artistic. And then the list is even shorter when they're all three. And Mike Saldano is all three of those things. And uh, and uh, that was a great day interview uh, because I had never met him before. He didn't know who I was. You know what I mean? He doesn't watch YouTube. You know, he's just sitting in a room because he's got a new product to launch, and they told him a bunch of YouTube guys were showing up and And, you know, and he was, you know, he was happy as hell to sit there and talk to me about stuff. We just talked forever. It was crazy. Um, And uh, but uh, like I said, uh, the amp was was sick. It was it was it was everything I hoped it to be. Um, Yes. So, you know, that's an amp. If I decide to get an amp like that, that's an amp. That's that's an amp that's on my my list for sure. Oh, such a good amp. Um, Anyways, Congratulations. Like I said, I know that's some big change, but man, that's a good amp. And like I said, everything about it's right. And I'm telling you, honest to God, I was so thorough with that day uh, about them. They honestly took the time to make that amp so much better. You know what I mean? Um, They did everything they could to make this new product line better. Um, No BS. Like there was no like, yeah, they're just changing things. No, everything was to improve that line. I think they're better than ever before. Now, quality-wise, now, again, sometimes the old stuff sounds good because it's got a thing going. But quality-wise, I think it's the best Seldon ever made. And Seldon told me, honestly. That's what I said, he had the – that's why I was saying he's such a great character. He had no problem – if you watch the interview, and I don't know if it's in the interview or I cut it out. <laughs> I hope I didn't cut it out. Um, there's two interviews with him, by the way. You have to go on both channels. There's a longer one on the Know Your Gear channel. Um, That's the better one of the two. But, uh, you know, it's just how it works. That was the longer one I sent to the patrons and I gave the short one to the main channel. And then later I put the patron version on the smaller channel. But um, he had told me um, an honest truth that I'd love to hear, which is he said, look, man, he's been running his business himself all these years. You know, he's got to put out fires every day. He's got to deal with customers, He's gotta deal with stuff. And he just didn't have time to improve the amps. And so when he sold the company to, to boutique who owns it now, and now he can help design the amps and he can do the part that he's good at, which is designing amps. He doesn't have to like, Hey, I have to sweep the bathroom next. You know what I mean? And my experience, a lot of times that sometimes that's a sign of failure, not a sign of failure, but the, the company goes to hell when everything, when the owner loses control like that. But in some cases, and I think this is the case it's a big improvement because it takes the person who owns the company and it stops making them the person who's now the accountant, the, the, you know, the, uh, the, the, like I said, the janitor, all those things, and lets them focus on the thing that we really want them to focus, which is making really great amps. So uh, I feel like I just kind of beat that subject to death. So let's go to the next one. All right. The convert says, I know I'm not doing these order guys, just bear with me. The conference says, Hey Phil, I noticed some great gear seems to never get talked about. Oh, okay. What is it? I have a PRS S2 Vela and an orange orange, orange OR15. And I think they are both great. Why do you think they don't get attention? You're the best. Aha, I have given the S2 uh, Vela attention. I did a video uh, with it. I will put a link uh, in the description down below with warren hewitt who is amazing and that's one of my favorite videos i ever did and uh, we did the vella in fact he loved i convinced him the vella i was like you gotta try the vella it's amazing and then he loved that vella so much he has one now like i said it's great um and uh so so we did that one oh, orange is easy uh, orange re- I think I've told the story. Orange reached out to me one time a couple years ago at Christmas and said, Hey, would you be interested in trying out some product for videos? It was at Christmas time. It was really busy. I was dealing with some stuff. And, uh, I was like, I can't do it right now. And then that ended that relationship. So in, in this business of YouTubing, uh, that sometimes that's the case. I didn't know that for many years. Okay. That's what makes this kind of a tough gig sometimes in when companies reach out, you don't realize like, apparently you can't say, why well, don't say you can't say no, but you can't say no. You know what I mean? You can't say, like, I'll be like, oh, cause I do it all the time as you guys know, I'll be like, I can't do it right now. I can get to it later. That literally means like, we'll never talk again for, cause they'll never, you know. Uh, so orange, that's what happened to orange. So uh, I, I guess my opportunity was, you know, hey, you want us to send you product? And I was like, I'm I'm kind of busy. I, I'd love to do it later at the, you know, ne- at the beginning of next year. And then I never heard back from him. And I think I messaged about once and never heard back. But like I said, their stuff's great. Like I told you guys, there's just nobody locally selling this stuff that I can get my hands on. You know what I mean? In a way. And um, everything I've played, I liked. So. Um, <laughs> James says, it's your fault. I hear that a lot. sounds. <laughs> Since I bought the Spark, it's awesome. So thank you. Have a beer. You're welcome buddy. Uh you know what? I I've been like I said, I've been kind of sitting on the back on the sidelines on the Spark. Every friend I, I mean not literally, but probably literally, every friend I have bought a Spark. Except for Ralph. I think he's the only one that didn't buy one. Uh, I mean literally everyone I know bought a Spark. Um and uh and uh you know, I'll either get clobbered but most everybody's saying the same thing they love them i'm telling you i think like i said we all agree positive grid handled the whole thing wrong but i'm telling you that amps a very impressive little practice amp it's fun like i said it's very good tony goyburn hey tony how's it going buddy says because i love what i learned from you over the last three years i have taught oh you have he means me you have taught me to appreciate guitars in a whole new way and helped me to drive uh Oh, dive, not not drive, because you don't want to drive into something. Uh, you want to dive into it. You know, he's uh, dives into into making and modding guitars. Never done it without your encouragement, man. That's thank you so much. I don't know if I deserve that kind of accolade, but uh, I, I, I take it and I say thank you for it. Um, and uh, and it's good. Like I said, uh, when I I think I think everybody who watches the live show knows the struggle. I can review something and I'll get a lot of views, and it's pretty easy. And it's like, well, it's not easy, but you know what I mean? It's like, hey, it's an amp. <laughs> and then I do a video on like, this is how you fix this thing. And it gets way less views. But deep down, I always know because of these comments and these things you say that like, that's the right thing to keep making. I enjoy doing both, don't get me wrong. But sometimes like, and I'm not gonna lie, an unboxing video, you see me doing an unboxing video. I don't think I've ever done an unboxing video where I was like, man, oh, it was so much work. It's like unboxing videos like, That was, that was fun. It's usually fun. The editing is usually some time, but not much. Um, but yeah. So, I mean, it gets, it gets hard to not lean into that. I think that's the one thing I, I remember as much as I make YouTube, I'm a fan of YouTube and I watch channels. And one of the things I watch on some of the channels that I like is not all of them, but a few of them started going down. Like, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, the not, the wrong way right they're going down the wrong road like too many unboxing videos all of a sudden it's like everything's just an unboxing here's another unboxing and this week i got this and this week i got that and this week i got this and uh yeah those those are fun i like them you like them we all like them but i go yeah don't 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 turn into that but the problem is is it's so damn easy it's like you know what they send me all right let's open it up, <laughs> open it up in a box. up <laughs> so all right um But okay, so back to Tony. The thank you is for Tony. Thank you, Tony. Um, Let's see. Hold on. I got to get back to the other side. Uh, uh, Somebody asked me what I mean by sides. I have two screens, right? So I hope that makes sense. I have two screens and then uh, I keep Super Chats on one screen and I keep uh, the regular uh, conversation, the flow of the conversation on the other screen. So that's how I do that. So that way I don't have to grab the Super Chats as they pop. It allows me to jump back into the conversation again. Okay, speaking of the conversation. Uh, Daniel says, because there was so much negative feedback on Positive grids, grids handling, I waited to order mine until a week away from something. I'm sorry, buddy. It just jumped on me because I didn't hold it i guess in place um but he's basically saying he just got his i think he said in 10 days and, and i think i said this please understand now don't yell at me if the price goes up because i don't know if the price goes up but like i said anybody who's concerned about wanting to buy one of those amps but doesn't want to deal with any of this like will they ship it won't they ship it because everybody's been nervous but everybody i've been talking to is like yeah, i've been getting it pretty quickly uh but you know it still makes me nervous um I really I think I understand the story the rumor I heard is that Sweetwater is going to get them I just don't know if the price goes up but at least you won't have to deal with anything Um. you know what I mean Uh. you know so so there you go Um. and, and please don't I don't want to overhype the amp it's not the greatest thing since sliced bread it's just a really good amp you know what I mean that's all. Just a really good practice amp. It's a practice amp. It's a little practice amp. I had somebody say, like, I not because not of my suggestion, but somebody's like, you can't gig with this thing. I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> Ralph was playing it. So, <laughs> so, I tell you, so, so you guys know not to do this. Ralph was, it came over. And he went into my office, I was doing something <laughs> and he plugged into the positive grid with, I have a six string bass and he's running the six string bass through it, the low B. And I, ca- I came upstairs and he's like, man, it's kind of farting out. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think you're supposed to run like a six string, a low B string, like loud through it. Um, it was handling it, handling it, meaning it didn't blow. But yeah, so to to answer anybody's questions, can you run a bass it? I run a bass it every day. I love it, uh, especially for quiet practice. Can you run a low B string through it on a bass? No, <laughs> unless you're really quiet. It's the speakers were the weak spot in that. But I don't think that's a, uh, you know. Caesar said, if all you did was unbox, I wouldn't mind it. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't mind it either. Like I said, it's 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 not easy. Because uh, I don't want to allude that anything's too easy. But it's as content goes, I don't think I do. I can't think of... I'm just, so you guys know, see, I'm pouring water. It's funny. So now I have these... This. I don't know what this is. Thermoflask. Sponsored by Thermoflask. It's not, so you know. Um, it's a weird thing. Uh as you get older and the world changes on you and then you get weirded out by things. This thing is aluminium or aluminum. And it has this little locking spout. My wife bought this for me. This is the thing that keeps your water cold. I swear to God, it's not a commercial. I'm not associated with these guys at all. I didn't even know what it was called until I just read it now. Cause I'm going to sell like a commercial, but here's the thing. It keeps the water ice cold. It's kind of a weird, you know, as you guys, i have these, these dual layer things that keep people, but what weirds me out about this is it totally makes me laugh because in the army, I would never drink out of my canteen. <laughs> Just the idea of drinking out of a metal container with that stupid, same thing, the turn thing and then you flip it and you drink right remember basic anybody basic drink water drink water and i went to basic in october which is the worst they made, the whole time you're marching you have to drink water and then to make sure you drink the water they made you o- open up your canteen and hold it over your head and then some of the privates the water would just go over their head because they didn't drink all their water anyways my point is is i drink this now and that's all i have flashbacks to the army of how i didn't want to drink out of these things and now my wife's paying 40 bucks or whatever the 20 bucks whatever these things cost so i can drink water out of them it's just funny Right? Next thing I know, I'm going to eat bologna and cheese again. Green bologna and cheese. For those of you guys who remember green bologna and cheese. So, so alright. Tony says, it's not gross. I, I, I don't know. It's just an idea. I don't know. The idea of drinking water out of metal was weird to me. It always was. Okay, so... Uh ah, RNA is talking, but he, RNA music, he's saying, uh, live streaming is easier. Maybe I actually think unboxing is easier than live streaming. Um, because, uh, when I do live streaming, I think it's not, I mean, it's not the hardest thing ever, but sometimes, uh, I'm reading all these questions and I'm trying to think and, and, uh, you know, it's actually, I'll tell you, you know, it's hard about live streaming, watching this thing after I just did it. <laughs> Cause after we end these things, I watch it and I timestamp it all watching me. It's like, uh, it's a Lewis, no, Lewis, uh, Lewis Black said, if you go to the gym and watch yourself work out, your brain can't handle the fact, like if you watch yourself do something you don't want to do. Right. <laughs> something like that. Um, I feel like, uh, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I just, I just did this, and now I'm watching me do it. It's the weirdest thing. Uh, Okay. Um, Sean Brooks says, Phil, is it worth upgrading the Marshall Origin 20 to the Studio Vintage? Um, I don't know because I haven't compared the two. I just don't know the answer. Uh, I I don't know. The sad thing is they're so far from each other in price point. I mean, you can get the Origins right now for a song, and even when they were uh, not cheap... They were inexpensive. I mean, it's double to get to the Studio 20. I just don't have a reference of those two. I don't know. But I wanted to at least comment on it. So, curious. All right. Uh, and then Jordan says, Engel Rockmaster versus Marshall JCM 820 watt. He's like, which one? I don't know. You know, Ingle was going to send me the new... Um, oh, what's wrong with me? Why can't I think? Fireball 25. Uh, I, But, you know, it's COVID. So I haven't sent it yet. But uh, that was as far back as like September of last year. They were going to send it. Um, and then, you know, they ha- it hadn't come out yet. I don't know if it even come out yet. Has it come out yet? It's kind of... I've seen a little bit, but not some places. But they were supposed to send one so we could check it out on the channel. Um, but... I haven't seen it. So no, not familiar with it. Um, and, and here's why. This is why I'm telling you that story. I was going to buy an Ingle Rockmaster. <laughs> I've had this problem now a couple times with companies, guys. I, I want you to understand some of this stuff. I always tell you guys this stuff because I, I just want you to know, you know what I mean? Try to be upfront about stuff. Sometimes I just decide I'm going to buy something like a Rockmaster amp. I decided that, uh, you know, sometimes I'll have to go, oh, maybe I'm going to get, I don't know, the new blah, blah, blah pedal. And I decide I'm going to do that. And then a company reaches out to me and goes, "Hey, we want to send you this." So, so like, give me, a, I'll give you a, an analogy, a story. So it's not specific to a company. It'd be like if I decided I'm going to buy the new, uh, the new Fender Tone Master amp, and I go, "Yeah, I'm going to buy that." And then Fender calls me and goes, "Hey, we're going to send you this amp. It's different, but..." You're like, oh, okay, well, then I'll wait. I'm not going to buy a Tone Master amp until they send this amp. What happens if I like that amp? Maybe more, right? So, like the Rock Master, I've been wanting a Rock Master. And when they were like, oh, we'll send you the Fireball 25, I'm like, oh, well, crap. They're going to send me the Fireball 25. What happens if I like it more? And I've already bought the Rock Master. I'll have to sell the Rock Master, deal with all that. So, this happens sometimes on the channel where a company, you know, so I'm just waiting. So once they, so here's the, what I'm saying. If I get the if I get the Fireball 25, let me tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to love it and keep it, or I'm not going to love it, and I'm buying the Rockmaster. There you go. So that's the answer. So to answer your question, Rockmaster versus the JCM800, I'm not saying, they're so different. I can't say, <laughs> they're so different. <laughs> uh, they're so different. But me, I would pick the Engel over the JCM800 because I had that tw- the 20-watt JCM800, and it was nice. I liked it. I ended up not loving it. Um all right. Let's hop over. Let's get some of those super chats because we're gonna have to button this episode up pretty soon. While I'm reading, I will drink. All right, we have looking for something cool. What do we have that's cool? Okay, Tony's got a question. Let's see what Tony's question is. Tony's question says, Hey, Phil, how much... By the way, you guys... Some of you guys are... Tony... Uh, Tony... Both Tonys. Tony... Uh, Tony Franconi and Tony Goyburn, Both you guys crazy. $25 each. That's nuts. Thanks for the super chat. It's very, very gracious of you. Um, says, Hey, Phil, how much of a different how of a difference would one feel between a 9.5 versus a 12-inch radius on a neck?" Also, what would be the optimal fret size? Okay, you'll notice it. It's not a subtle, it's uh, it's not subtle, it's obvious. I have a 12, I have both, nine and a half inch and 12 inch radius fretboards on my strats. And what I will tell you is, I can tell immediately touching them, you know, I mean, if you hand me each one of the guitars, I know immediately when I'm playing them, they're different. Um, believe it or not, I have my, like I said, my Fender Custom Shop is a 12 inch radius. I really like it, but I, but, but, Owning a 12-inch radius fretboard Strat for all of these years, what I've really learned about myself is 9.5 is where I like it. (laughs) Which is funny. I got the 12.5 made because I was like, I don't like 9.5. I like 12. You know, Fender got it right. 9.5. So... I like the nine and a half over 12. You will notice it vice versa. It's for sure. What uh, would be the optimal fret, fret size? For me, my favorite thing that Fender's done, and that's probably why, another reason why I like the nine and a half right now. To me, the American Professional Strat with the vintage tall fret wire. It's it's, it's the thing for me. It's the, it's my favorite guitar by far. It's it, it, it's Sometimes you're lucky. Uh, what I mean lucky is you don't fall in love with the most expensive damn guitar on the market. <laughs> right? Uh, the American professional strat is expensive, but it's something that can be picked up, you know, for about a thousand to $1,200, which is a lot of money, but it ain't no crazy PRS Gibson money at that point. Um, you know, so, I mean, it's still somewhat of a realistic price range for a guitar in the used market. Uh, I love it. Vintage tall fret wire on the nine and a half inch on the American professional. I absolutely love it. I have two American professional strats and I love them both. Absolutely. Um, In fact, I think I've said this, I like my green, if you've seen my green American Professional Strat, I like that guitar more than my Copper Strat. I just like the Copper Strat in the idea that it's special. So, I mean, they're both great, so I can't really say like, oh, you know, way better, but I like the green one better. I like the way it sounds a little better. I like the way it plays a little better, feels better, but the Copper Strat is just cool because no one has one. (laughs) Well, not not like that, you know what I mean? So it gives you like a kind of cool feeling, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I have something unique unique's always fun. Okay. Uh, let's see. Nicholas says currently have a fender ultra strat fender pro. Oh yeah. You know what? Hold on, dude. I don't know why I'm sorry, buddy, but that just jumped. It's the worst when I have something and then it brings it like the computer updates and brings in all the new ones. So hold on, Nicholas, give me a second to get back to you. Oh, you know what? It might have shown me an old one. Cause now I don't see it. Okay, well then we'll go from the top. We'll go from Dark Shadow. Dark Shadow. Oh, Shadow Witto. Shadow Witto. I'm never gonna say it right. Or I'm saying it exactly right. I don't know which one. You guys figured it out. It says, hey Phil, I've been playing for fourteen months. I've accumulated nine guitars. That's almost one a month. That might be the might be a problem. But we'll go on. let's let's hear this out before we judge him tent on the way it's not looking good so far buddy (laughs) four amps i have a problem okay we're here to help we're here to help now is that normal yeah it's it's normal if you have money (laughs) yes no if you are new if you buy a guitar let's be very clear if you buy a guitar and you don't have expend uh, disposable income like crazy. You buy a guitar, and then sometimes a year later you buy the next guitar. Sometimes, if you buy a guitar and you have disposable income, yes, have I seen uh, uh, people buy ten guitars in the first year of playing guitar? Yeah, of course, I've seen it. It's, if they have the money, you can do it. It's your money. If it makes you happy, do what the hell you want with it. No one should be able to tell you what to do with your money, as long as, like I said, as long as you're not doing anything legal or hurting anyone your money. Trust me, there's worse things to do with your money than buy a guitar. Some of us know exactly what those things are because we've done them, (laughs) right? You know what I mean? Dumb things. We do dumb things with our money. So, all right. So what what am I trying to say? Uh, I'm trying to say, uh, do you have a problem? Yes, you have a problem. It's not a bad problem, but it is a problem. Um, As long as you're practicing, that's my only advice, man. Just don't This is the reason why I say that. It's not because when like some comments are always like, well, you want to play guitar more and stop buying less. Yeah, no one should have a say what you're doing. But what I will tell you is if you don't practice, you won't, you won't, you'll just have a bunch, in a couple years, you'll have a bunch of guitars and that's it. So just make sure, you know what I mean? And if you're going to, if you have the means to keep buying guitars, try to put some goals assessed, uh, attached to that. Okay you know, what I mean? a fun thing to do with a new guitar is say, if I buy this guitar, I promise myself to learn this. I do that all the time. It works for me all the time. It's, it's still BS, man. I told myself, I said, I wasn't going to say BS. I feel like I said, so cheesy. Um, but like, you know, Hey, I'll get a jazz guitar, but I got to learn one jazz tune. You know what I mean? Um, and that's why when I have all these guitars, sometimes that's what I've done. I'm like, okay, I'll get a SG, but I got to learn at least two ACDC songs. You know what I mean? Um, it, it, it's it's not that important, but to me it's important because it's again I don't I don't want to just buy stuff. But yeah, even though there's nothing wrong with just buying stuff, you can just you know sometimes some people collect bobblehead things and stuff, beanie babies. I don't know people collect crap, so you're allowed to collect whatever you want. But practice because I'm just giving you good advice. If you don't practice and play, this uh, will be a short-lived hobby for you. Um, and then uh. Enrico says C19 COVID-19, uh, ruin the used market price tags, uh, are obnoxious. Absolutely. Uh, everyone I know who's selling on reverb right now is selling in record speeds of, of used gear. Um, and, and yes. And any, all of us know, looking late at night, looking for that, Hey, what new thing could we be looking at? There's not a lot of new cool things to be looking at when it comes to used market. Yes. What we'll talk about on the show in the future, if you guys want to talk about it, uh, you know, where, when does this change? Because it will change, right? We can't be in a hyper market. We're in a hyper, uh, I don't know, high, not hyper market, but... Everybody's selling a crap ton of guitars, and there's all kinds of reasons for that. And everybody's right. I've heard every reason. Like, well, it's because people are trapped at home. Yes. It's because people are getting those stimulus checks. Yes. It's because people are bored and they need something to do. Yes. It's because, right? I mean, there's all these reasons, and it's collectively all those reasons, right? That's how the world works. It's just a lot of little things happening and creating a big thing. So there's all this thing. The question is when does it change? um and why and um and believe it or not there's more than just like the political side of it like oh the when you know when the 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 uh, voting happens it'll change or when this happens it'll change Uh, there's all kinds of things we don't know it's it's all speculation but but as we go it's something we'll talk about on the channel because it's interesting um but yeah it definitely has changed the used market for sure uh okay this comes from nick nick says hey man i love the channel uh, I've been watching for some time and I love the vids. What's your opinion on Schechter Guitars? Man, I love Schechter Guitars. I just did the C1. By the way, just to show you what fun it is to be a YouTuber, I was hanging out with my patrons last week. I think it was last week. It might have been a w- little longer than that, like a week and a half. But I was hanging out with the patrons and we were talking about the channel and I was showing them how I made $17 on the video I did of the Schechter for 31000 Now, I wasn't whining and complaining. <laughs> I was showing them for informational purposes right so I just want you to have context of it I found out since the reason why it's so low is because it had the word exotic in it and somehow that f- flagged or changed the advert- advertiser so if you look at that video now it doesn't say c one exotic anymore yes you have to watch what you do on YouTube it's a different world <laughs> so uh, not that I was uh, gonna 31 is big money but you know 17 bucks for six hours worth of editing and filming it didn't feel too awesome. But uh, to answer your question, love them. I have another Schecter, uh video coming uh, very soon. Uh, and when I say very soon, I, I don't know when it's going to come out. You know what I mean? I don't know when I'm going to have it placed out. But, I mean, it's it's done. It's a finished product at this point. Um, but love them. Highly love them. I'm a big proponent for Schecter guitars. Very good guitars for the money. You Schecter guitars are better than new guitars because, like I said, they... Uh, I just literally, I think I was telling my buddy Tim this yesterday. Was that yesterday? Maybe the day before. Probably day before Wednesday. Uh, that I saw a Schecter guitar at Zim's Guitars, and it was a uh, set neck C one with I think it had Duncan designs. I can't remember, but it had you know Grover tuning keys, and it was two hundred and fifty bucks in his main Korea. And I said, dude, that guitar new is like fifteen hundred bucks now. If you run those specs, right, set neck main Korea. They're thousand to fifteen hundred dollars for now, if new, for guitars like that. So it's just funny, like that just tells you you can't buy a better guitar for two hundred fifty bucks, in my opinion. So uh, look at if you like checkers, like I do, don't forget to check out those used ones as well. Uh, I like the new ones, but used ones definitely check those as well. Um, Grumpy Mike guitar said, "And why not? Love the podcast. Thank you, Grumpy Mike. I enjoyed the video yesterday. You did the he's doing a Thursday." What is it it's like cheap pedals but you had a cool saying <laughs> uh thrifty thursday pedals i'm pretty sure i'm close to right with that so um so that was cool like i said i i got to listen to it i i listen to stuff like that um anyone who's uh, you know supports or sup- subscribes to my channel if i, I see your channel I, I try to support it by listening to it. And let it play. I'll let it play on a loop. I'll put all you guys in a playlist and I literally just let it play. I, I work a lot where I'm just looking down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes you're just looking down. You know what I mean? I look down, working on something and I just have that playing. So sometimes I'll look over like what you're talking about, what you're saying. And so I get to enjoy it that way. So, um, uh, but yeah, that was a good video. Um, okay. And then Andy says, Look at the clock. It says, Andy says, Phil, oh, Andy jumped. See, I I know what it is. It keeps jumping from, okay, Andy says, Phil, any opinion on the Gibson LP tribute? The ones that are satin finish? And have you ever played a Gris 5 amp? They look sweet. Never tried one, but G-R-I-E-S. I've learned this little trick when I index now I got to just spell it out because otherwise I'm just telling you what I'm doing. Cause I'm gonna start spelling out stuff like that now, because when I'm listening and I'm typing the index later, I'll just type the spelling. And otherwise I always have to go back to your super chat and see how you spelt it. Um, I haven't tried the amp out, but I'll put a link to the, uh, to their website so we can, so I can take a, a gander at them, uh gibson i i think all the les paul tributes i think all the gibson tribute stuff here's what it is they're hit and miss like i said they're cool guitars good investments if you buy them for the right price they always go up in value some of them are the worst gibsons ever played in fit and finish stuff but that a lot of that can be corrected with some by taking it to a tech or doing it yourself. So that's the thing. So for the money, good stuff. But I feel like uh, a little remiss if I didn't say some of the worst Gibson's I've ever seen have been some of the tribute stuff, because again, sometimes it's like, man, some of the tooling marks and stuff, I mean, are really bad on those, but good stuff. And I did find Nicholas's super chat. Finally says currently have an ultra strat. He's got the Fender Ultra, Fender pro telly Gibson, Les Paul standard PRS core McCarty five nine four. Mind you, he has that says, and I need to add a shred guitar. Okay. Thoughts on either Ivan RG Five Fifty or a Schecter apocalypse with sustainiac. Um, I'm a big fan of both. If you said, I want the eighties thin eighties sound, I don't want to say thin, like it's a bad thing, but that thinner kind of, you know, eighties sound, <laughs> RG 550 all the way. But I think the Schechter Apocalypse Swiss Sustainiac is a better quality guitar. It's a cool guitar. I know I have a viewer here that loves this 550, so I don't want to... You know, he's he's right now, you know, he's like, what? I mean, I love my RG 550, but I think the Schechter... Schecter Apocalypse with Sustainiac is a sweet guitar. Plus, the Sustainiac is a new thing, man. It's different. Um, what I will caution you about, because I have an RG-550, and here's what I will tell you. It's fun to pull that thing out. I literally say, as a joke, the neck feels like a row of saltine crackers. It's so thin. It's so thin, it's kind of fun, but it also is so weird. You play it, it's... You know what I mean? It's kind of its own thing. Um, and I, I have to tell you, when I play an RG-550, when I play an Ibanez like that, for me, it's about i had one when i was like you know 17 so when i play it it's like oh yeah remember being 17 (laughs) that's a that's all it is for me it's not like wow this thing's great it's great it's just it's a memory it's a memory of time so so that's so to take that for what it's worth um okay ben says after 15 years of playing epiphone i got a gibson 17 les paul uh tribute gold top satin and a spark Oh, I thought we did this one already. And he said... Oh, no, we didn't. And he says in Gibson... the Oh, he got a spark, and it came today, 12 days from The Order, which is good. Guess what he's doing this weekend. I'm going to say you're going to play your Gibson into that spark. Now, do I get some... Oh, I got $5 Super Chat for getting that right. That was pretty good. I did good. <laughs> it's a, I should have read that like an old Johnny Carson bit. What is... Gonna be playing it this weekend. <laughs> Anyways, uh, all right. <laughs> and maybe it wasn't even that funny. I don't know why I'm laughing so hard. Okay, uh, G- Jim says from from a marketing perspective, which products are the most overhyped? Okay, here's the question: guitars, amps, pedals, cables, etc. Or is it still all of them? I, I think it's I think it's hard. I think it's changed so much in the last few years that it's hard. It's not fair to say this, but over the time period, cables have been the most silly marketed thing. You know what I mean? Was it was it Vox? (laughs) So many companies ended up doing it. I can't. I feel horrible saying Vox did it because Vox did do it, but there's probably others. Vox, remember when Vox came out with cables? Like one was for bass guitar. One was for electric guitar. I know some of you really techie nerds are going to be like, man, but let me tell you the differences. Their low frequencies travel through the copper at a different speed. Than I, I, but I mean, it was just, I remember thinking like, what, 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 is that, what happens that you're at a show and you're like, hey, got a cable? Yeah, but it's for bass. Ah, crap, I have a guitar. And then they had an acoustic one. They had an acoustic guitar one. They had an electric guitar one. They had a bass one. Here's what I remember. This is true. I remember we were dealer. That's how I know this. We carried all three. This is what happened. We sold all the electric guitar ones, and then we blew out the bass and acoustic ones to dudes who were like, hey, man, I only got six bucks for a cable. We're like, well, here's a $60 cable. You can have six bucks. It says for bass, but you can plug your guitar into it. So, yeah, cables got a little out of control to the point where we know even, uh, uh, what is it, Uh, Monster Cables got sued. Now, I think that was for HDMI and nothing really to do with our side, but for claiming stuff that wasn't true. So cables have always been a little bit on the silly stuff. The thing about cables that always made me laugh back in the day was cable companies, guitar, guitar cable companies, companies that sold cables, were the only companies I knew that could walk in a shop and literally throw $100 samples at you like they were, like they were Twizzlers like candy. Like I remember one guy came in with Zeola. That was it. that was a thousand dollars. It was a thousand dollars. It was silver cable. It was like a 150 or $250 cable, 150 bucks for like 10 feet cable. And he gave it to me and he's like, here you go. Try this out. And soon I, I know you'll be calling me to order these for your store. And we're like, what the hell? so yeah we would get all these cables uh all the time in fact it, it was it for years it sucked well it was great but sucked because I had like 50 and my, per, I can't, my personal cables were like 50 mismatched branded cables of all these free cables I got all the years so I just used those and over time why I said it sucked was you start realizing like I couldn't start telling the difference after time like is this my $100 cable or is this my $20 cable like I can't tell it's just the same thing um so uh so yeah, I mean, all of it's hyped, but the cables were always, always what stuck out. I think the cable thing's toned down though. I think everybody's gotten more practical and realistic about cables. I don't think there's as many ridiculous claims about cables. Cables are important. Don't get me wrong. Okay, they are important, but some of the claims got a little silly. Uh, and then if I was gonna say, just so you know, for fun, let's say uh, you said you said guitars, amps, pedals, cables. I'm gonna say cables most uh, uh, ridiculous, then pedals. Then guitars and amps. Probably amps are probably the least. You know what I mean? Because it's hard to hype the amps. You know what I mean? I think in hype thing, the only thing that's hyped on amps is maybe hand wired. For the most part. And here's the problem with that. Whether it sounds better or not, it's expensive to make because it takes more time to make it. So it's one of those things like it's more expensive, but it is it does take more time to make. So it does have it's not like it's totally, you know, BS. And I'm still gonna keep using that word apparently. Or the turn turn all right I think I think I'm gonna call it I'm gonna try to hit one more two more and then we'll keep the rest for later we'll do Carl 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 says uh, hey Phil fellow Arizona person here cool He's an AZ person I'm just assuming it's Arizona he could be like a to Z like he's like I like the whole alphabet just like you uh, it says after watching your videos I drove into uh, oh I dove into modding also. Did a Kramer Beretta special. Uh, he goes, Lastly, he's saying Lassie, Lassie, special Lassie. I think I just want to stick with what I understand. He did a Kramer Beretta special. He said, Losing my fingers, uh, feeling f- from MD. M- MND. I got to read this first so I can process it. Hold on, guys. So it's getting harder to play. Okay, so he's losing, I understand, he's losing the feeling in his fingers. I know what you mean, buddy. He's basically saying he's losing the feeling in his fingers from MND. Um, and so it's getting harder to play. I I understand. And that's and so you understand it's Carl, here's the thought. And this is what's really cool. I think about this. Uh I think what what when I when I hear somebody going through issues where exactly like that, they're losing their they're feeling in their hands or they're having arthritis or their stuff seizing up and there's all these problems that's preventing them playing guitar. I I think about like most people probably think about like what would I do if this happens to me? It's a, it's a thought that I think about all the time. And to be honest with you, I I I I think at first I'm like, well, I'd find an invention which we talk about all the time, things that would help me play guitar. That's for sure. But I think uh for me, I find joy in so many aspects of the guitar stuff. So it's not only just playing guitar, but I find joy in repairing it or working on it or modding it and um or or all kinds of things, you know, right? Doing all kinds of stuff. So I think um if that's what's happening to you, you're losing the feeling in your fingers and it's getting harder to play guitar, um, obviously, try to find anything that's gonna help you. I've, I've done some videos, and I'm not saying they're gonna help you, but just be, keep in mind I have video search for them where we've talked about all kinds of products that are designed to help people kind of uh, you know lengthen the amount of time they can play guitar as long as they can. But like I said, I'm glad you got into mods and stuff because that's one thing that I think even when you lose a little feeling in your fingers and stuff, I think you can still do some of the mods and do stuff like that. So find find the joys in all this aspects of this is uh, how it works. And the reason I say that is because a lot of the joys I have is a lot of us are we're in love with guitar as a secondary thing. In other words, we wanted to play on a stage. A lot of us like, hey, I want to be a rock star, right? Or a blues star, whatever. And I want to be a rock star and then... That didn't work out. So now this is my, this is what I'm doing now and it's making me happy. So don't be afraid to remember that there's other things besides just playing the guitar that can make you happy around the guitar itself. So there you go. You can become a blogger about guitars, find joy in that. So I just tell you, I just say that because that's what I think about. I think about if that stuff happens to me, that's the thoughts I have. I, what, not so much, what am I going to do? I can't play guitar. It's okay. This is what I'll probably lean into. I'll probably do more you know, blogging, I'll do more repair, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Okay. Now I know I might've missed a a couple super chats here and there and, and I'm going to try to hit a couple real quick ones right now. Andrew said, uh, Phil, your favorite non-traditional shaped guitar. Uh, you know, I I think right now it's the V guitar. I don't know why I have it in my head that I want a V guitar. Uh, a flying V, a Gibson flying V, or and actually I want an Epiphone. I want, here's what I want. I want a white Carina Epiphone flying V. There you go. (laughs) So that's the, my favorite non-traditional guitar. For me, that's non-traditional. Some of you guys like a V's normal, but I want a white Carina, uh, Epiphone V. I don't know why. (laughs) So, so, okay. Um, and then, um, And then I think I got most of the others. Let me let me check real quick. Like I said, and then Sean, who's spelled C H A U N, wants me to know phonetically it's spelled, pronounced Sean. That's my son's name, S E A N Sean. Says hi Phil, or hey Phil. It says hey Phil. I got a 2020 Epiphone Explorer this weekend, and I'm loving it. Have a beer on me. That's a really cool super chat. <laughs> I bought myself a guitar. Here's some money. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I will get get drunk. I will drink a beer. I promise you, Sean, tonight. Yep, I'm thinking about tonight. Uh, Because tonight I'm going to watch the new Bill and Ted movie. I got my kids to watch the first one on uh, Wednesday, the second one yesterday, and the third one today. I don't know if that's abuse (laughs) or what. But tonight I will have a drink. I will have a beer. I will have a beer. And I'll have a beer in honor of your Epiphone Explorer. I will actually and my kids will think I'm crazy because I'll be like in honor of the Epiphone Explorer and then I'll take a drink and then they'll look at me like that's my father and then they'll sigh in sadness and then we'll watch the movie okay so uh (laughs) uh Michael did a super chat for no reason just to do the chip jar man I appreciate that so much um and then (laughs) we'll do the last refresh and then we're gonna we're gonna call it uh uh at least at least I'm laughing. If I hope that helps you guys sometimes. Uh please give me a second to scan. Uh I think I got them. I think I I think I did it. I try I I know sometimes I miss some and I'm going to do a thing where I'm going to go through these and try to find all the ones and maybe hit them on a video where you know all the ones that slip through the cracks andrew just super chat for no reason thank you andrew i appreciate that and then uh snick juice which i love saying his name snick juice said a lace sensor lumitones especially question mark but i don't know what the question was um i can't tell you this i i like uh lace sensors i am not a huge fan of lumitones. it's not because i I don't like them. I'm just, again, uh, nothing has compelled me to want to put them in a guitar. Every time I play a guitar with them in there, they're fine. But nothing's ever made me go, ah, I got to get these and put them in a guitar. So they're one of the few pickups I don't have in a guitar. Those are a pickup that I think all kinds of things about them. But I I would love, that's probably a pickup that would probably do well in a Somnium guitar where I can compare them to another pickup and then actually figure out what it is I'm hearing or not hearing in those pickups. Uh, That would be great guitar accent, that's child abuse, Phil. Yeah, you know <laughs> They actually enjoyed the Bill and Ted movies. They're holding up, they said. So that's good. Uh and then uh I wanna say Guillermo? Guillermo. Um Guillermo uh Mendoza says Hey Phil, just purchased a coffee mug and a T shirt from Know Your Gear. Can't wait for it to arrive. That's awesome. I appreciate that. Those things fund the channel for sure. Uh, and then uh, Eddie says, how much is a signed shirt? I don't know why you would want me to sign a shirt, but I wouldn't, uh, uh, you know, if you, uh, you'd have to, Eddie, I don't know why you would want this again, but you know, God bless you for the kindness <laughs> of even asking, uh, to get a, a shirt signed. What you would have to do is email at ask know your gear at gmail.com. I would forward the email to my wife she would we have the entire i know you buy the shirts the same way i do on teespring and stuff but so you know my wife is uh, uh, has like the entire ability to print a, make a shirt here like she physically can make shirts and a lot of the shirts i wear she's just making them for me she has the presses and all this stuff and the, the printing systems and stuff so she would print you a special shirt and then have me sign it i i i I've signed like three things in my entire life (laughs) and that's how I do it. She does it. And then I, I sign it and then, uh, you know, and then she'll, you know, so that's how you would do it. Ah, Christopher says it's pronounced gizmo. Okay. I hope that's, um, jimmy says we're gonna end on this note with jimmy jimmy mckee says would you sell kyg pickups even as a small batch or two look i i, I got you know you guys know i make pickups I, i'm gonna just tell you right now the guitar obviously for the great guitar build-off hat i wound a set of humbuckers for that guitar um I, I don't uh i yes so i'll just tell you now and then we'll end on this note because most people have dipped out by now so if you're watching me an hour and 40 minutes into this thing, you're probably a good viewer uh and 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 I appreciate you. Um right now downstairs I am I am currently winding uh pickups. Uh and what I mean by that is for the 300 now this isn't the unofficial tease of this so you guys know. The channel is at 275,000 subscribers. It hit 275,000 I think yesterday, 275,000. It when it hits 30 Thirty. When it has three hundred thousand subscribers, we got hosed. Uh, so you know, as a channel, uh, at two hundred fifty thousand, quarter million subscribers, we were gonna do the the a cool giveaway with two uh, guitars from Warmoth. We we're gonna build. Remember, I was gonna build two identical guitars and one for you and one for me, and it was a big deal. Well, COVID happened and I couldn't go to Warmoth, and then all all that fell through. And it's uh, and like even uh, Aaron at Warmoth had said on his channel. We're doing something with Phil and it's still going to happen. Yeah, it's still going to happen. But remember, we got to wait till all this to go. So I was at 300,000 subscribers. I said, look, I don't want to make a plan that falls through. So um, 300,000 subscribers is going to be, my guess is somewhere February or March of next year is where I'll probably hit 300,000. It might be a little longer than that, you know, but but I've, I think I'm the best I can do or trend as 300 as in February next year or March. What I'm doing now and what I have been doing uh, is I'm winding a special set of pickups. These are sets of single coil pickups, three sets for strats. These are special. I will talk about them. They are, when I say special, no magic wire. In fact, I'll tell you what they're called. They're called um, CB4205s, 42 for the gauge. It's 42 gauge wire and it's an Alnico 5 magnet. (laughs) What a name. CB stands for... Uh, Oh, CP. Sorry. CP stands for copper plated. That will make sense when you see them. Um, They are no magic, no special. I'm just winding these pickups. I'm winding a bunch of sets. I'm doing it now. So I have them. Then what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to make them all make a video about them, make a video about how I made them, why I made them, how many sets there are. And then, uh, and then I'll have so many sets available just for patrons, so patrons can get them if they want them, and then I'll have so many sets for the the main channel here, and then we'll sell them as a limited run, and they're gonna come with some special graphics and stuff, just stuff to so celebrate the channel, so it's weird because I'm not doing a giveaway for three hundred thousand these will be for sale, but it'll be something i I promise will be interesting and cool. What I will tell you what I'm giving away is it's gonna be an insane amount of time is how many i've I've been winding pickups like insanely. Uh, and I think my wife is sick, all these pickups, uh, what she's seeing me do. So that's what I'm doing. So, uh, cell block four. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so that, like I said, I thought it was funny to name them exactly what they are. They are copper plated on the bottom and, uh, they are 42 gauge wire with Alnico fives. So that's the teaser on those. So yes. Will I do pickups? Yes. I'm, I'm doing them right now. These are a special packaging. everything special about them. Like I said, no, no, uh, uh. Uh, Dave says copper plated here's here's the thought I, I I've showed it to all my friends I don't have one to show you I'll, I'll show you the prototype right now I promise if I had one relatively close um, the uh, um, uh, think of a telecaster pickup they're like strap pickups but like a telecaster okay uh, and then somebody said uh, Jesse says how much I don't know how much we'll figure out all that later obviously uh, you know they'll be reasonable because I'm gonna you know make them reasonable so it'll be fun. And then we'll probably give away some, you know what I mean? Uh, in fact, uh, I, I, you know, that is for sure too. So there'll be some giveaways, some stuff like that. So everybody will have a chance. It'll be like, that's what I'm trying to do. It'll be like we always do on this channel. Something fun, right? It'll be something that everybody gets to enjoy a video. Some people will enjoy winning it. Some people will enjoy buying it. You know what I mean? You know, we'll do some fun stuff. Okay. Um, uh, Crineer, Crineer siku i don't know how to say it man i'm a i'm a name butcherer on this channel it says phil mcknight what are uh what what are we as a small youtuber expected to do in order to get a channel shout out from you cheers uh you just got one although i don't know what the channel is so i'll put a link in the index it's at the end that's i don't know that's you know you can send me an email sometimes i mean i try to do shout outs when i can as much as I can. Um, but sometimes I like to make sure I check out your channel first. So at least I know what I'm shouting out. So if you send me a link to your channel, guys, if you send me links to your channels, the odds of me responding is like almost zero. The odds of me actually clicking it and watching it on my phone somewhere when I'm waiting to get like my oil change or something, it's very good. So at least I'll see it. And if I see it, then there's an opportunity for me to maybe promote it one day. Again, I can't promise the world, man. I just can't. But I try, you know what I mean? I try to. Try to build this out so that we're all, you know, it's it's a bigger show than just me, I hope. On that note, I'm going to let you guys go. I want to hope you guys have a great weekend. I will let you know next Friday what I think of the new Bill and Ted movie and what my kids thought of it. So far, they liked the first two. They said the first one's better than the second one, although my son said the second one made him laugh more. There's my official review on that. I'll tell you guys what I think. Uh, And then on that note, I will let you guys go. And until next week, I guess I'll say thank you for your time and... Know your gear.